everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Broncos. I'm sitting here with Zach Seegers, my good friend and co-host of Let's Talk Broncos. Bree is hosting Broncos Country tonight, tonight, so she cannot be here today. But um, yeah, after this, make sure you're going to check out everything Bree's doing with Broncos Country tonight. First, Zach, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, Joey. Uh, excited to talk some Broncos to you or with you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, sad we're down, Bree. Um, uh, but yeah, um, excited to uh, catch her on Broncos Country tonight. Excited to watch some Nuggets, and uh, yeah, just uh, can't wait to get into it. Happy to see some people joining us uh, right now live, and I think we've got a really fun topic to talk about today. We really do. We're talking NFL draft. The draft is coming up. It's right here. It was really quick for me this year, honestly. Usually it feels like forever, and this time around it felt pretty quick. Um, but we're going back in history with this one. We're grading last year's class as it stands. As it stands right now, I don't think anything's set in stone or anything like that. Um, but, Zach, I, I want to first ask you before we get into the conversation, how does – that draft class just feel as a whole to you. And then we'll get into the individual grades. Yeah. Looking at it as a whole, I, I think, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. You know, okay. I think you consider they had very little capital and I feel like they came away with two pretty immediate starters uh, who project well long-term Um I think the problem really is even with all these mid round picks, like, okay, maybe you're not getting those instant contributors, but you you should be getting guys that are solid depth pieces. And outside of Henningsen and maybe Huazarike, I don't really think we saw that last year. Um, uh, we'll get into it more, but I guess I, I'm surprised they had someone as impactful as Greg Dulcich was or, or who looked as good as Greg Dulcich did um, in their rookie year. Same thing with Damari Mathis at cornerback. Like that surprises me. Um, what disappoints me is they don't have like the middle. There's a lot of top end and a lot of bottom end in this one. Uh, there's not that middle bit of talent. I feel that that depth refreshment um, in this draft. I, okay, Zach, I totally get this, and I feel very similar, very similar to how you feel. The only thing, my big takeaway from this, you know, you do feel like you have two guys there. I think you're referring to Damari Mathis and Greg Dulcich, right, um, who came in and were good players right away. The issue for me is going into the future, I'm kind of wait and see how much better they get, whereas the guys I'm really down on, I'm really down on. So it's like, I, I don't know. It feels more down than than good. Um, but hey, guys, this is the main theme, is that the Broncos didn't have many draft picks last year. They didn't get a pick until the 64th you know, pick of the draft, which is damn near third round. Uh, it's going to be similar this year. It's going to be similar this year, and I think you should expect similar results because of it. Uh, that's the main thing. But let's get into our individual grades here. Zach, with the first pick the Broncos made um, in this class, it was at pick 64, and they drafted Nick Benito, the outside linebacker, pass rushing specialist from Oklahoma. How would you – well, actually, first, before I get into this, I want to ask you, Zach – how are you grading your guys? And then I'll set you up for that. How what what is your grading scale like? I want to know that before we get into this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm grading it based on I think what you expect from a player drafted in that given area. You know, maybe factoring in some uh, position like we expect a running back to contribute fairly quickly. Um, we don't expect a quarterback to maybe be at their best right away. Where or a corner back to be at their best right away. We expect some learning curve there. Um, and, and then I'm factoring it in. Like, I'm not going to grade the seventh round picks the same as I'm going to grade the second round picks. I think the expectations are different for those slots. Um, season average, F is failing, A is exemplary. You know, But if you're average, that's a C for me. Because I'm not going to say like average, that's a 50%, that's an F. If, if it's an average, I think that's a C grade. That's right in the middle. If 
uh, it's worse than that, that's an F. Uh, or, you know, if it's terrible, it's an F. If it's great, it's an A. Interesting. So you're grading off this last year in totality, or are you grading based off of how last how year affected their projection for you? Oh, that's a good point. Um, I think how uh, last year affected the projection. Perfect. I, I'm grading it the exact same scale as you then. That, that's the exact same way I'm going to be Beautiful. grading it. So we're going to be on the same thing here. I like that because we're usually on a little different grading scales here. Yeah. Um, so let, I, I said it earlier, but let's get into it. Nick Benito, pick 64, pass rush specialist from the University of Oklahoma, obviously a little undersized. Zach, how do you grade that draft pick a year down the line? Yeah, uh, for me, I think it's a C minus. Um, like I said, C's average. I think it's a little below average. When I saw Nick Benito coming out of Oklahoma, um, the metrics were really friendly to him. He won at a high level. He created pressure at a high level. But when you watched him, it was a little funny. Um, he was just kind of running around big 12 tackles. Um, and, and that was a way where, you know, I, I think you saw that great burst at the NFL level and, and that ability as a speed rusher. But um, in the big 12, when he got kind of locked up, he wouldn't really be able to shed those blocks and continue to impact the play. And I think that was the big concern because at the NFL level, you're going against NFL athletes. It's going to be a lot harder to simply just scoot around them. Um, and so that was like my, kind of my big concern with him entering the league. And although I think he was, a fairly productive for a rookie. Um, I'll get the exact numbers up here in a second. Um, but, but he had a fairly productive rookie season, especially for where he was slotted. It confirmed a lot of my fears too. Um, yep. When he engaged in blocks, he was not winning. He was a liability in the run game. Um, and like, again, it can, I think it confirmed the positives too. Um, totally. But it more so confirmed the negatives to me that I, that burst wasn't as like he did win with the burst, but it wasn't as impactful at the NFL level as it was at the big 12 level. And I didn't see enough of the development in regards to um, his hand usage and everything. I think we needed to, to see him be as productive at the NFL level as he was against college athletes. Um, and for that reason, it's a C minus. I don't think it was terrible, but I do think it fell just a bit short of my expectations. So Zach, I'm right on the same page with you. I'm going to go C minus on this. Um, and I'm going to start off a little harsh and we're going to end a little positive, right? It's not an F. I'm going to start off harsh though. The fear with him coming out of the draft was that this is a guy that can't be in every down player. And so far through his rookie year, all he's done is further prove that. That, that's that's the downside. All he's done at this point is further prove that he isn't in uh he isn't a NFL every down outside linebacker. He isn't at all. That, that's my that's my take there. Um at the moment. I just don't see the size. I don't see the physicality. I don't see the Von Miller had the crazy, crazy athleticism and technique and football IQ to do stuff that other players just couldn't do. I don't see that from Nick Benito. I think that ultimately he's going to be relegated to a pass rush specialist, right? Now that might seem really harsh, um, especially after one rookie season, but that were the, that was the concerns with him coming out of the draft. Now here's the other point, the positive side. Pass rush specialists have a role in the NFL. They really do. You can be valuable as a pass rush specialist. What's the most important thing? Getting after the passer. It's a passing league. Go get sacks, right? Um, and Nick Benito hasn't yet disproven that. I, I, I thought he would be good at that. I still think he's going to end up being pretty good at that. It's just how good in the future is he going to be at that specific trait, just pass rushing. If he can be a really, really good pass rusher, we saw – Elvis Dumerville, Broncos guy, right? He had 20 sack season, not being that great in the run, being a supremely like amazing pass rusher. So there's a role for it in the league. Um, I'm just worried about Nick Benito because he didn't show a crazy amount of talent in year one, right? So C minus is the grade for me as well. It's a really, really uh, tough grade, but you know, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to well, do it. 
I think the other thing about being a pass rushing specialist is you're just limiting how many snaps you can play for a team. You know, like if Randy Gregory gets injured, okay, now we've got like, we've got to, we can't play Nick Benito on those early downs filling in. It's got to be Jonathan Cooper on first and second down um, before Nick Benito comes in on third. Um, and, and so I think that, or, you know, obvious passing situations, not all first and second downs, but um it, it's just not ideal. I, I look at, um, you know, he produced uh, three uh, QB hits in a sack and a half last year in um, 188 pass rushing snaps. So, like, that's the thing. I just think you saw some flashes of it, but it just he's got to develop um, more of the technical skills to be successful at the NFL level. He's not the Baron Browning level athlete where I think Baron Browning's not very technically refined, but he's just a monster. So he can still win that way. And I don't think Nick Benito can really do that. No, I agree with you. I think it's just size. How much like if he puts a bunch of weight on, it's ruining what he's good at. I feel like you wouldn't do that. And then if he were to stay at the same frame and, uh, lightness that he is at, he's probably just a pass rush specialist because I don't think he has the size to set an edge effectively going into the future. Pretty much that that's just my take on uh Nick Benito at this moment. So let's move on to the next one. Round three, Zach. Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich. Yeah. What do you feel about Greg Dulcich at picks 80 tight end out of UCLA? Uh, I thought he had a really good year. How do you feel? I agree. Um, it's going to be an A minus for me, and that's purely because of injury. Um, it'd be, I think, wow. A plus. You know, if if he didn't miss all the time due to injury with the hamstring, and, and I got to say, he was extremely healthy at UCLA. Um, and it's not like, you know, so KJ Hamler had the hamstring issues at Penn State. He had them pre-draft. He had them, um, I, I believe, in his rookie year. And you look at his body type and it's one that he's a very light, smaller wide receiver. He's going to be at a higher risk of injury. Um, uh, uh, This is not, that's not the case with Greg Dulcich. I do think it was just like a one-year hamstring. Nonetheless, he did miss a lot of time with it. Um, It did continue to crop up and it's something I'm a little worried about going forward. Now that we've gotten the bad out out of the way, let's talk about all the good. Um, he was kind of who I thought he was as a blocker, but that's fine. Lots of effort. You know, he's a little smaller, but he's going to work his tail off to try and make the block. Um, and as a receiver, he was far, far better. Um, I, I wasn't as high on him as a lot of people. Cause I was like, okay, he's a fine athlete, but you know, but what I underrated was I think his fluidity and just his natural understanding of spacing and leverage, like it is a, a veteran level thing. And you didn't see it really in his route running coming out of college. Cause you know, he's a bigger body. He's the tight end. He's not like Jerry Judy cutting people up, but man, he just understands how, you know, when he's faced in man situations, how to um, manipulate that leverage to win the rep and in zone situations, he knows where to sit down and set himself up for a, yards after the catch opportunities. Um, so I, I just, yeah, he's a really fantastic tight end polished beyond his years. And I think that's why, despite missing so much camp time, missing so much prep time, um, playing at this tight end, ten, sorry, tight end position where, like I said, factoring in the positional development of it all, it's a position where it's hard to develop. We see rookies struggle so much. And he was one of the most productive rookie tight ends ever. Um, I think on a per game basis, he's top 10 in both uh, yards per game and like receptions per game and in a totally defunct passing attack, uh, both in terms of the quarterback and in terms of the offensive play caller. Uh, I, I think he's, yeah, a shining star. I'm very excited for Greg Dulcich. I think he's an offensive building block for the future. And it's hard to find those at pick 80 as we preface the show with. Like if they find a player in this draft as good as Greg Dulcich, that's a pleasant surprise in my opinion. As good as Greg Dulcich year one. You know Same what's really you. weird about Greg Dulcich's rookie year, and it kind of speaks to how good the coaching staff thought he was. Now we have a brand-new coaching staff in here, obviously, so that might change. Um, Zach, he was one of the few people it felt like the coaching staff was trying, attempting, drawing plays up for to get open. 
it was weird. Like you would see these play actions. He's running a, a wheel off of it, rolling out the wrong direction, throw back the Dulcich. Stuff like that. What that would be just like, okay, where was all that for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, even Albert O when he was in there? Greg Dulcich was getting stuff drawn up for him to get the ball, um, to succeed. So it speaks to what the coaching staff thought of him. Adding on to that, Albert O got benched immediately when Greg Dulcich came back and was ready to play. It was literally that. Greg Dulcich is in the lineup and going. So the prior coaching staff obviously loved him. Um, How much do you trust the prior coaching staff is another question, but we saw the production on the field, right? So that validates the claims there. Uh, Greg Dulcich was a really good rookie year tight end. There's no doubt about it, especially at a position that takes forever to develop usually. Greg Dulcich was awesome for tight end standards early in his career. Uh, I just, I'm going to give it a B plus slightly below yours, Zach, because I wonder how much better he can get. Where do you think he improves to make that grade an A plus or an A minus or an A? Um, So I'm going to give it a B plus because if he were to be a good NFL tight end in the third round, that's a B plus for me. I think he is moving the needle on a team where it's like this guy is one of the best tight ends or one of the better tight ends in football. But to me, I'm in the third round here, like pick 80. That's middle of the third round. If I find a tight end that I'm not saying a blue chip guy, but a guy who's in the top 10. And I think that's where I'd project Greg Dulcich to be maybe as soon as next year. Um, And a guy who, I don't know, it could be the second best player in this offense next year, maybe not on the offensive line, second best skill player in this offense next year. I I don't think that's that far fetched. Um, And could even be the best if we see Jerry Judy step back. Like I, I'm a big Greg Dulcich believer now. I, I think uh, finding that in the third round is an A minus. Now, if it's a first round guy, I agree with you. He does have to be that next level talent. But in the third round, if you are, again, one of the 10 or so best players of your position, like I'm trying to think of comparable uh, tight end in the league, um, top 10-ish. I don't know. I'll have to come back to it. But uh, I, I don't know. I think that's acceptable to me. So this is just what, again, this is just where our grading scale is a little different as well. I'll explain it from my perspective real quick, because this is always why I do this, is because, so what if Rob Kronkowski got drafted in the third round? Like, it doesn't seem like a big enough gap between Craig Dulcich and Rob Kronkowski. (laughs) Like, A plus and A minus doesn't seem that big enough for me. I mean, uh, like A plus plus or ST. I think like sometimes it's just phenomenal, but the grade maxes out at A plus. Like I don't know. I I just uh, it's it. I I hear you, but like by that logic, Tom Brady's the ultimate A plus. And so like if that's A plus, then like all of these are falling. Like the, it I, it narrows the scope a little too much for me. I'm okay stacking some a pluses if i get a rob gronkowski or if i get and frankly like a minus for greg dulcich like that's a that's a good step that's a on your grading scale between an a minus and an a plus that's two steps between a superstar level talent and a star level talent i'll take it all right all right all right all right we'll we'll we'll, we'll deal with it we'll deal with it we'll we'll talk about it at the game tonight we'll argue about it um so let's move on to the next one. Fourth round, Damari Mathis, cornerback from the University of Pittsburgh. Pick 115. What do you grade Damari Mathis? And again, Zach, we are grading. What do you think about them going into the future? And I think that's the interesting thing here. So do you think Damari Mathis is a future starter? Do you think he's a guy that you would like to, you know, maybe move to the nickel? Would you like to have him come off the bench? Um, all these things our input into this grade. So what would, what are your thoughts on Damari Mathis going forward? Uh, Yeah, I think they hit it out of the park. Like for me, this is, I think um, a minus again, I'm going with another a minus. I'm going to, I'll be positive up here. It's going to get a little darker in a second. Um, (laughs) But uh, Damari Mathis played some really good cornerback as a rookie. Was it flawless? No, that's why it's not a plus. 
Um, if we're talking about projecting to the future, he's got all the athleticism, all the talent in the world. And I think you saw um, some really impressive resilience, just mental toughness, uh, something that like Isaac Yadam started struggling early in his NFL career. And I feel like he never rebounded from it. Cornerback, uh, such a confidence driven position. And when you start doubting yourself, it just, it's already a hard enough position. It becomes that much harder to play. Um, Damari had about as rough as a rookie debut as you could have with the, what was it? Four pass interference calls. Like that. Yeah. Um, and I know some of those were a little ridiculous, but a lot he them. opened himself up to all of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, just by being a little ticky tacky again, I wouldn't have thrown the flag on two or three of them, but nonetheless, open himself up to him, gets the penalty called stuff happens, but in a, a one week, six weeks into the season ties for the league lead in defensive pass interference calls, which is absolute crazy season tally. Um, and from there on rebounds and is just remarkable. Had a couple other ugly games here or there, but always rebounded always was great the next week. And uh, I don't know. That's what you want to see. I just, I'm thrilled with him. Uh, I, I know we'll talk about how he missed some tackles was maybe a little too over eager and his strike uh, timing was a little off. That's something that's can it, <laughs> go along with being a veteran. That's that like, get him more reps, get him more playing time. And right, I think right. that will come. That's not a glaring concern to me. That's like, oh my God, he can't do this. Like he can't, he doesn't know how to press or like he doesn't have yeah. the arm. Like, no, to totally, cover totally, totally. So I, I'm a, oh goodness, shit, knock some stuff off my desk. Excuse me. But I, I think he is uh, fantastic. The, the streakiness is why it's an A minus. And I do think we have to remember like Ojemudia had a pretty good, rookie debut for a mid-round corner too and then really fell off the next year cornerback is a high variance uh streaky position totally um i i i so you what did you give it Zach? an a minus a minus yeah all right this is another one i'm gonna go b plus i'm gonna go a little behind you just a little behind you because i just feel like i have to see a just just a little more those things that you mentioned that he needs to improve on um, you need to, I just need to see more of it. I just need to see more of it. B plus still a really good player. I liked Amari Mathis rookie year. PJ Locke was on this podcast, talked about how much faster and better he got, you know, just quick, quick in the training camp. He was like, Oh, this guy's going to be a good player. Look at him improve. Um, just off some coaching notes. So I'm going to go B plus Damari Mathis looks like a good football player. I just need to see another year. Is all. another year. What's wrong with that? Joey hates Greg Dulcich and Damari Mathis. You heard it here first. Hate him with a B plus grade. <laughs> All right. Speaking about hate, at round four, pick 116, one pick right behind Damari Mathis. Awazarike, the interior defensive lineman from Iowa State, the big and athletic defensive tackle. Zach, how would you grade him going into the future? What do you think about him now? Um, I'm not a fan still. Uh, I think the Broncos saw more than I did. Um, clearly, they're really trusting. They didn't really replace Deshaun Williams in free agency for that reason. So they saw something I didn't. But I, I am not a big fan of Owazarike. Um, I saw, I saw a kind of basic rotational level interior defensive lineman um he's a really big body but i don't think he plays up to that size i don't think he plays up to his strength um uh i think he was bullied a lot more in the run game than you would like to see i don't think he got the push on the pocket that you would like to see um and i don't think he's all that uh technically refined in terms of his hand usage and that's a problem because he's 28 now i think he came into the league at 26 or i'm sorry uh, uh 24 no i i'm at 26 i'm, I'm oh, okay. having a right. total brain right. farm um, I was about to say, he's, that's wild i give it an f then it's not that bad it's not that bad he will be 25 before the start of next season but that's the thing like it's his rookie year at 24 that's i don't know i'll, I'll have joey talk here in a second and i'll look how old that is but it's just you need to be when you, you're that age, your room for development is a lot smaller already. 
And I just see a guy that's already like kind of an underwhelming rotational player, in my opinion. And I think the ceiling's fairly limited. And this was one pick after Damari Mathis. Like there were still, I think Tariq Woolen was maybe still on the board. Like there were good, good players on the board for them to draft still. And we'll talk about that with the pick after this one and the pick after that. But like, really all three of these picks it's glaring like we can go oh well you know it's it's the fourth round like it's hard to find guys here and granted but there were awazarike was a guy who was not expected necessarily to go this early it was a bit of a reach on draft day there were guys that the media joe blows like me and joey were higher on that were on the board here that were very popular with the media who ended up being a lot better than guy uh, these next three guys we're going to talk about including awazarike in that three so i just I I guess I haven't given a, dra- a grade yet. Um, D D minus somewhere in there. D minus. Okay. All right. All right. We're writing it down as the most negative one. It is a D minus from Zach Seekers. Um, I just know D. We'll go D. I'm I'm sticking hard on D. I just because it wasn't that bad, but I just. I don't know. You just, I think you got to see more from a prospect that is this far along in his development. And you spent like that decent a pick on like that. You could have. No, I, 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 I agree, Sam. I heard <laughs> Zach. I agree, Zach. Um, C minus for me. C minus. What do you think about a C minus? Is that like crazy? Is that too high? That's fine. Defend it. Why? Why? Why the C minus? Why not even a D plus? Why does he deserve the C minus? Tell me why I'm too low. Because he kept. He did enough to keep me intrigued. Like he did some freaky athletic stuff out there on occasion. He did some stuff like that. We're talking about a fourth round pick. The reason why it isn't like a C. Like if he were a younger prospect, I would be putting it at like C C plus. The issue is that he's so old that I'm worrying about, like, what does he look like two years down the road? And even if he is a good player, how much time do we have at that? I like, just that, – That's why I'm giving it that low. Like, I, I he's done enough. Like, I remember in that preseason game that starting at the nose and doing a – you know, running around all the way to the tackle to complete that play. Like, I don't know. Do you remember that? There was a lot of – Freaky athletic, cool, but like big, and he's athletic type things that are like okay, maybe maybe he ends up all right. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. We'll I see. don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm not a believer. So Zach, certified Owazarike hater, mark him <laughs> off from the um, uh, joining the podcast anytime soon, unless he wants to join and argue. We will have you on. Uh, DTY, what do you think about DTY safety, Oklahoma? Uh, Zach, give me your thoughts. I mean, if I'm grading it based off my pre-draft expect, like I think he's exactly what I thought he was pre-draft, but I wasn't excited about drafting him pre-draft. I was wondering if it was like a, if he had some connection with Nick Benito or something, um, because he's kind of just like a special teams ace. And I think we saw some good special teams plays from him. Um, and he impacted the game in that way. Um, but again, like you could have found good players here. Like get Tariq Woolen's the very next pick. Zion McCollum is a few picks after that. Um, Otito Agbonia, who showed some nice stuff. Um, Kyle Phillips uh, at a like these are premium. Braxton Jones. These are all like more impactful, considerably more impactful players. Totally. Dominic Robinson exactly. at like at um, uh, uh, more premier um uh positions um so i i just i I hear the hey it's late whatever but you could have found someone with i think okay fine he didn't produce much as a rookie but what's like the projected upside there like there's not much he's kind of projected to kind of continue to be this role like when we talk about um kareem jackson moving on dty is not even mentioned and it's not just us like when i listen to my national podcast he is not mentioned when i listen to other local broncos podcasts he is not mentioned he is a non-factor after one year and so it's just like as a fourth round pick and that's not what you want to see i i just I, I don't know it's disappointing to me i like you see all these safeties mock drafts to the broncos why like wh- 
one, not enough people are even aware of like Caden Stearns and I think the role he's going to fulfill on this team. But DTY is like, I think a special teamer, like he can fill the role vacated by PJ Locke once PJ Locke moves into like a more consistent defensive role and he can continue to fortify your special teams. But this is just a premium pick for like a pure special team, in my opinion. Yes, that's kind of my take with DTY. So I, so with the or with like safeties in today's NFL, right? I think that all of them are kind of interchangeable, and DTY at best is going to be the fourth best safety on this team this next year, right? That's how he's going to make the team, and if he makes the team, he's going to have to prove a ton on special teams. That's what he should do. He should be focusing locked in. Locked in on special teams all day. DTY should make it be making a massive impact there if he wants to continue being a Denver Bronco. Truthfully, I think he does some good things. I think he comes downhill well. I think he's a pretty good tackler. Um, he just hasn't done enough to get you excited like these other safeties in the room, right? PJ Locke has done a ton in the preseason games and even some in the regular season to be like, okay, he's a serviceable player. Um, He's a guy that can come in and maybe he can help grow within the Broncos. Caden Stearns has done enough. Obviously, Justin Simmons. DTY just hasn't made that impact. Even in the preseason, he was really quiet, I think, up until that. I think it was the last game of the preseason. Um, I was in there wondering, where the hell is DTY? It is the PJ Locke and Caden Stearns show out here. So that's just kind of my thoughts there. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan. I'm going to give it a C. See, just because yeah. I think he can be a special teams player, and we are sitting here in the fifth round at this point. Um, if you're getting a guy, it's fine. I, that's just my 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 opinion. I, think I don't it, know. But is he even a guy? Is he even a, he was a special teamer as a rookie who is maybe a special teamer for another season or two? That's a guy who gets pinched out of the roster pretty quick. Totally, I, I just, it depends how good of a special teamer he could be. I think he has the talent to be a pretty good special team player. That's fair. I just. I, I don't know. I, I'm underwhelmed by it. All right. Um, perfect. All right. So we switched a little bit. You were a little more positive on the last ones. I'm a little, or yeah, yeah I like the exciting players. We'll we'll go we'll go into uh, I, this next one. I think we're both going to be negative on them. All right, Montrell Washington out of Samford. Guy didn't even think he was going to be drafted. Ended up getting drafted in the fifth round. Pick 162. Had a massive game against Florida while he was in college, came on, you know, he had a lot of hype as a putt and kick returner. Didn't really live up to it. Zach, your opinion there. Um, it's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. It's a really bad pick. No one expected him to be drafted. Um, the, the Broncos did a lot of zagging in this draft, like bucking, um, uh, uh, general consensus and everyone went, Hey, we'll look at the 2021 draft. They aced that one. So it's fine. They really didn't go against general consensus all that much. People were like Patrick Sertan's one of the five best players in this draft. And they got him at pick nine. And people thought Javante Williams was a first round talent. One of the top, like 25 players in the Baron draft. Fell. Like, it, yeah. yeah. Baron Browning was thought of as like a borderline first round talent. And they got him in the third round. Quinn Miners was beloved as like a second round guard. And they got him in the third. So like they actually went with, general consensus there and it worked out brilliantly caden stearns was thought of like kind of highly as like a good Dude. swing jamar johnson didn't work out but like that was thought of as a big steal good They're, steal yeah they really went with general consensus and it worked great last year they went hard i th- there's um you can uh uh look at teams compared to media consensus draft boards and they bucked the trends more than anyone else. And or maybe not more than anyone else, but they were in the extreme teams in terms of going against media consensus. And uh, they there wasn't a more extreme case of that than the Montreal Washington pick. And it blew up in their face uh, horrifically. Uh, you To draft a player this high as a punt returner, they also have to be bringing something on offense. Um, he had... Uh, five rushes for 30 yards and um, was targeted nine times gaining two yards. So they, they 
concocted 14 plays for him and he gained 32 yards. Like that's horrible efficiency, a little over two yards per play. Um, so was not kind of the human joystick player on offense. People hoped him to be. And then he ranked, um, I think second to last, he was bottom five in both like punt return and kick return average. Um, and he had a, a muffed punt or two, um, eventually gets benched as a returner. The Broncos then had to sign a free agent this year to replace him as a returner because Sean Payton clearly doesn't want anything to do with him. He's already proven he can't really be an offensive impact player. And so this is a guy who's already off the roster after a year. Um, I think generally speaking, it'd be like a D minus because, Hey, you know, like Joe said, we're, we're at the later stages of the draft. Some of these guys just aren't going to hit and okay. Um, but if to me, this is enough because you went so far against it. Like it wasn't like, Oh, anyone would have done this. Like, wow. no, you, put it on the table like you you pushed your chips in and uh it blew up in your face and to me i think that's worthy of an f um especially because it wasn't even good a good idea in theory to spend this pick on like a pure return specialist um for you to do that and it's like the robert aguayo pick it's not as high but like wow, you're spending this pick on a kicker and then he becomes a terrible kicker that's an awful pick you're spending this pick on a returner and he's a terrible no, I totally agree with you. I'm not going to give it an F. I'm not going to give it an F. Who knew that Zach was going to be the positive guy today? <laughs> or the negative guy today? Yeah. I was a more positive guy today. Other way around. Um, but, okay, Montreal, Washington. Yes, I totally agree. If you're going to draft a punt and kick returner at this stage, they have to be good. And it's a position that – it translates from rookie year on. If you're a good punt and kick returner, you are a good punt and kick returner from your rookie year going forward. It just is something. It's not like something you majorly improve in. It's just a lot of awareness, a lot of stuff like that. How are you as an open field runner? Um, and Montreal, Washington proved to not be that great this last year. I'll be quite honest with everybody. He wasn't very good. As a wide receiver, he was as gadgety as they get. Everyone compares you know, is he a gadget player or is he a true wide receiver? Montreal Washington went out this there this last year, and the Broncos pretty much told you he's a gadget player because that's all they did with them was gadget plays. All they did with them. So I am going to give it a D um, just because he could su- surprise you. I don't know. He's in year two. I'm not giving it an F because that feels too much rolling it up. Like rolling it is completely 0% chance that he turns into anything. So I'm going to give it a D. There also has been rumors about him switching positions, which quite frankly, guys, that's a bad sign. That's not good. Yeah. That is never good. Um, so what? also bad. I missed Rushing that. Back. To what position? I, okay, that's just that something I heard, guess. by the way. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard that before. Is um, Them thinking about moving him to running back is like it's a little – I don't know. But I, that won't work either. I would be very – Sean Payton's creative enough. If anyone can salvage, salvage it, it's Payton. Um, I could hear you. The F could look bad. I could see him looking good this next year under Sean Payton, but like as it stands now after that rookie year, God, yeah, maybe I should go like it. But if I'm saying D minus, it's out of fear. It's just because I'm worried about it blowing up in my face. I thought it was a horrible stand on it, Zach. Stand on it. Stand yeah, on I'm gonna, it. I'm going to go with that. I'll, I'm gonna there you go. I, I love you. it. <laughs> or I don't no, love I it, but I love that you're standing on it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go. Yeah. Oh man, this next one's rough too. Like I said, it's kind of, I'm, I'm positive about this class from kind of negative about it. No, no, right. Luke Wattenberg center guard university of Washington round five pick 171. Zach, how do you feel about that? I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I just, uh, this is another guy that was not expected uh, to be drafted um uh if he was he's expected to go in the third or sorry the seventh round the broncos took him uh quite in the fifth um uh so little uh bit of the reach yeah it's in the fifth round um so a little bit of a reach there don't love that um and i don't think it (laughs) really panned out well for him um uh I, i think we saw him get into some action now he was a project to be fair 
Um, I don't want to be too overly harsh on the guy. He was always built as a project. And, um, but this is another guy where he's older. He's 25. He's going to turn 26 during next season. So we're drafting. This is the second pick of the draft where they're drafting older projects, which is just not a good idea. In my opinion, when you look at like the most analytically savvy uh, cutting edge teams, the, it's one of their bigger factors. Like look at who the Browns are drafting. Um, I wouldn't model my front office off of what the Browns have done. Um, but uh, I, I do think, um, you know, you look at like even the Vikings there, some teams that have done some smarter things um, uh, want to prioritize younger guys because they just have more room for development and growth. And so getting these guys that, yeah, we know they're really not good now, but look at their athletic tools and they're 25 years old and they're 24 years old. It's just a very dodgy strategy to me. Um, uh, Wattenberg played 90 snaps last year. I don't put a ton of stock in PFF's grades, but he was one of their very lowest graded um, offensive linemen in the sport uh, and gave up a huge pass rush win rate. I'm trying to pull that up right now. Uh, but yeah, it was just bad. He gave up six pressures in 54 snaps that's insane um especially for an interior offensive lineman so i just he's like that's like making your opponent look like jeffrey simmons on any i agree zach but at what point do we say that's what a fifth round rookie should be doing now when i when when you but you get braxton look at braxton jones for the bears and like that's the high-end example but like i don't think it's just exactly but that's what an A looks like. So I don't think like this is what a C looks like. I think there's a okay, middle ground C. where like you're functional. I, I didn't hear that. C. I agree. C. No, I'm not giving it a C. I'm saying I don't think this is what looks like. This is what a C looks like. Because oh, yeah. if we're saying Braxton Jones is what an A offensive lineman drafted in this right. range looks like, again, I'm giving it a D. I think this is a D. I expect like. I don't know. I think you're hoping he's a rotational player right now. He's like an under, he's a below average rotational player. And I don't know. I'm not super optimistic on the projection there. I think a C would be a little better when he was called up into duty due to um, uh, injury. I know he's a supposed project, but then do you have confidence in his projected upside? I don't, so that's why I can't really uh, uh, give too much grading favor there. I, it's a D for me. Zach, how much confidence can you have as a rookie, a fifth-round rookie coming into a Barry-led offensive line? These were – we we had the worst offensive line coach in the league, and he's a fifth-round rookie getting snaps. Like, I, I just – Barry, the Barry there. as a project. He was never supposed to come in and be good. So was Braxton Jones. So was Braxton Jones. No, but we, they didn't have Butch Berry right sticky notes on the lockers. Like, the, the, I don't know. I'm going to give it a C-. minus. Am I over the moon? Definitely not. Because of the How could it be worse? Tag. How could it be worse than uh, – uh, like, I guess at what point are we? Are you grading worse? At, at, on late round picks, is there just a hard floor? It's it's hard at this point in the fifth round, I'll be honest with you, Zach, because I didn't expect him to be good. I expected him to be bad rookie year. I'm thinking a couple years down the road, what does he look like? Can he be a rotational guy? Do you think but you believe in that projection? And I didn't expect Butch Berry to be riding the sticky notes on the locker. Like I quite frankly, I did not. I didn't expect Butch Berry to be the most hated coach in the Broncos locker okay, room. Now they have it's Zach. It's hard Tree. for me to grade anybody in that offensive line room. So I'm going to stick with what my grade was at that beginning point because of that. that, that that's that's my take. All right. All right. I I, I, I feel you. I'm going to keep you in. Actually, I'm going to be positive on this next guy. All right. Matt Henningsen, round six, pick 206 from the University um, of Wisconsin, the Badgers. Zach, what do you think about him? Yeah, now we're at the back end of round six, and we're finding young rotational players that looked good in their snaps and I think have upside. Like that's – I don't know. Give me – this is a B plus. Uh, I, I like this. 
Um, uh, okay, maybe B plus is too strong. I was between B and B plus. Jerry, give me a look. I'm going to go with B. I don't want to be too temperamental here. But for me, it's just I thought he was a little better than Awazarike, and he was drafted 96 picks after him. That's a, sure. That's a good point. I got. Let me get. Make sure I got a uh, ninety, a hard ninety picks after him. Uh, like for the sake of context, that's. <laughs> um, or God, I need to get my uh, twenty-two draft back up here. That's the same as the gap between uh, like Owazarike and um, like George Karloftis, who looked pretty good for the Chiefs last year, or. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who looked pretty good for the Ravens last year, or Tyler Smith, who looked really good for the Cowboys. Uh, are, wait, those are all first-round guys. Yeah, because that's how big the gap is here. We're talking about, like, the uh, all those guys were at the top of the draft. Wazirike was drafted in, like, the middle of the draft, and Henningsen was drafted at the end of the draft. And I think Henningsen outperformed Wazirike. Um, He's also younger, and I feel better about his developmental upside, too. Um, uh yeah, I'm. I, it's a it's a B for me. All right, B it is. I'm going with a C plus. C plus is the grade for me, Zach. I just he showed enough to keep me interested and showed me a little more to keep me interested, but he still didn't look like a starter or anything. I, I don't ever. I still don't project him as a future starter. I don't. I think C plus. I think he could be. Do you? Okay. I don't think he's a long-term starter. I don't think I'm not saying he's like Zach Allen or Draymond Jones or like, I don't know, but like, could he be a Deshaun Williams type, like a spot starter for a team for a year or two? Like they are that third guy. I, I think he totally could be. Um, he's remarkably intelligent um, and he's got uh, underrated athleticism. Yeah. Shout out to Wisconsin. Frankie. Matt, Matt Henningsen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm giving it, I, I just don't love Henningsen. I, I like Henningsen, the pick, especially where they got him. I think he can end up being a roto- rotational interior defensive lineman for the Broncos. I just don't see him as anything spectacular. So I'm going to C. Good, good value, though, in the sixth round, though. If you're getting rotational players in the sixth round, you are doing a good thing. Um, next one and last pick of this draft, Zach, Fayon Hicks, round seven, pick 232. What are your thoughts on Fayon Hicks? Yeah, he was pretty close to being Mr. Irrelevant. Um, so uh, he would get a C plus um, for just hanging around on the practice squad all season and still being on the roster. I think that's honestly like outperforming expectations by just a little bit. Um, however, Two weeks ago, he was arrested in Florida on uh, gun charges, um, gun possession charges. Um, uh, so that's going to be just a C minus based on that. I don't know. You got, you got. Right. I'm going to be more negative than you on this one, Zach Sears. I am. I am. Okay, that's fair. I just think like. Man, I'm surprised you made it this long. This is probably the end of being a guy, a practice squad guy on the back end of the roster. This is probably the end of his time on the Broncos, but most 232nd picks don't even uh, uh, hang around with the team this long. Um, so I don't know. It's C minus for me. I'm giving this one. This is my first F of the gra- draft right here. Wow. And I'll tell you why, Zach. It felt like the coaching staff wanted him to stick around because the guy was not good in preseason at all. He was literally production level, the worst DB on the entire roster, and it wasn't even close. He sucked. He was not good. And then he came into the regular season, didn't see a snap, and then went into this offseason and got a gun charge. What am I supposed to think about that? It wasn't not good. Um, What happened to these when the pick happened, Matt? I don't know. What happened to the when the pick happens matter? Yeah, bro. I'm not projecting my seventh-round rookie to catch any charges. I'm also not predicting them to be the worst on the depth chart. Like, in the preseason, he was really bad. He wasn't good at all. He he gave them 29 special team snaps this year in the regular season as pick 232. 
Yeah, that's – I don't understand. Okay, the Broncos are ridiculous because he was not good at any point. I'll be I'll be quite honest. There was All not right. a point where I looked at Fiona Hicks and I said, good play. Joey saved all his hate for the end. I'm I'm tapping out. <laughs> all right, but guys, that's it for the draft. I'm going to make a graphic um, for this. I'm going to post it on Twitter, and I'm going to go based off of last what we had the greats after the draft compared to what we have them now. Uh, it'll I think it'll be interesting. I haven't looked at them yet. I have no idea. I don't have any memory of what our grades were after the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see what we thought about them then and then what we think about them a year down the line and how they project as future Broncos, right? Uh, so, but for a sec, where can they find your amazing writing, my man? Yeah, over at milehighsports.com. Got tons of uh, spring game coverage. If you're excited about the black and gold day up at a uh, CU with uh, all the uh, influx of talent they're having uh, go check that over out at myhighsports.com and then I've got tons of uh, let's talk Broncos stuff over here so make sure you're coming back every Monday and Wednesday at six o'clock um, Thursday too to check out let's talk draft with uh, Joey and Frankie especially as the drafts right around the corner and even once it happens as they um, you know graded and recap it and all that good stuff um, so yeah excited about that Totally. Yeah. Right, where can they find your stuff, Joey? Sorry, I should have teed you up. You know what, Zach? Well, they can find me at the Let's Talk Broncos YouTube. That's where everyone can find me. Go follow, subscribe, go do all the good stuff. Like, share our content at Let's all the Let's Talk Broncos. Type that into your YouTube if you're listening through Mile High Sports right now. Let's Talk Broncos. Um, Bree is also a part of that. She's on A50KOA tonight, Broncos Country tonight. So if you guys want to listen to her, go change the uh, whatever you're doing right now to that. Bree's on there. She's doing a phenomenal job. She always does a great job on there. Um, and yeah, and then just follow me at JR Drafts. But until next time, guys, let's go Broncos. Let's go Broncos. Eight plus.